autumn is in the air. Time for back-to-school, football games, and pumpkin lattes. Fall is also a great time to buy or sell a car online at driveway.com. Welcome to Driveway, where you can feel completely in control of your car buying or selling experience. Our nationwide network with tens of thousands of vehicles is unmatched. And when you buy from Driveway, there's no pressure. We offer our best price up front. That's Driveway, a customer-friendly experience that makes buying or selling your car easy. Driveway. Auto done easy. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. What are your perceptions of health and wellness? Of what's healthy and what's not healthy? As someone like myself who's been in the exercise fitness business for almost 20 years, I've seen a lot of ups and downs in how we perceive health and wellness and what our ideas of being fit means. My guest today is Kara Foley. And Kara has lived many lifetimes within lifetimes of fitness and wellness, from being incredibly fit in all the dimensions to taking time off to really let her body heal and explore what being well means. Today, our conversation dives into a myriad of those components of those discussions and where the industry is today. So I encourage you to check out the conversation that I had with Kara Foley. We are back on. Kara, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and you know, it's I don't always do morning podcasts, so uh, this is a little different for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's your day going so far? Well, I can't complain. I'm in Costa Rica, so I went surfing wow. and then I had some breakfast. Yeah, it's pretty Way good. to just pour it down everybody's throat, okay? It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snowstorms at home and I'm surfing. <laughs> yeah. Where are you from again? Where, where's your hometown? Uh, or... Canada, Ontario. Oh, yeah. that's got to be cold mm. there. Yeah, yeah, Yikes. yeah. Well, last time we talked, um, kind of a pre-interview thing, you had mentioned kind of a, I got from it, this many lifetimes of health and wellness that you've lived. Yes. Uh, and I would love to just start at the beginning and let's roll from there. You know. Okay. Yeah. So um, I guess I had my first start in the wellness industry at the age of 16. So that was when mm. I got my first job in a gym. So it all kind of started there and just diving in and, you know, realizing, okay, I want to work in this field, but I don't necessarily want to be doing it, you know, working in a gym my whole life, which is perfect mm -hmm. for some people, but not for me. And then, right. you know, looking at how and, and, you know, what way you can take that. Um, so, I continued to work in that industry as I was going through school. Uh, so with 
a bachelor's of kinesiology and a master's of physical therapy. And I still, I still teach spinning and I teach yoga, but I've definitely kind of left the personal training behind, but that it, you know, it was a really cool journey and it took me, you know, to working with Canada basketball feeder league and, you know, training those athletes and training national level athletes, which was super fun. Um, you know, totally different world. And, um, you know, that comes with it. You can look at it as a perk or a drawback of, you know, you're on the road a lot and you get to go to a lot of places, but you're gone pretty much every weekend and you're living yeah. in gyms and courts and <laughs> all of those things. So sometimes, you know, I was in school and I'd be getting back and it's, you're like rolling in at 11 PM from, you know, Rochester or something and then showing, yeah, showing up at your friend's party when everyone's leaving. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So that was my life for a long time and it was a really awesome experience and I met some amazing people uh, that I'm still in touch with. Um, and then it's, you know, it's kind of evolved and taken many, many roads since then. But yeah, my, when I started out, it was more in the personal training and then high performance realm for sure. What was your take during that time? You know, what was your My take? Yeah. What what were you, what were you, because you're in a different space now, probably mentally, physically about it all, but where were you back then about it? Oh, I loved it. I like, it really kind of fed, you know, I do have this you know, underlying competitive side. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I feel like it really, it really kind of fed that. And, you know, I was a female in a predominantly male industry. So like, I feel like that almost fueled me that I wanted to succeed even more in it. Um, You know, back then, my movement practices, my workout practices were a lot more intense. And, you know, at at the time, that was, you know, something that fed me. But, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing, but then it was also hard. Like I said, you know, you're one of a handful of of females at the time in that industry. It was, you know, the early two thousands. Um, so it was, you know, I feel like it's a lot different now, especially with all the social medias and like, you know, communities that way. But, um, at the time it served me really well and it was awesome. And, you know, I got to connect with, I was working primarily most of the girls on the feeder team, they were 16, right? So you're working with these girls in their formative years in high schools that are like elite level athletes. So, you know, they taught me, I think just as much as I taught them. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's a great experience. Um, but sometimes I kind of forget that that was part of my life for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny though? Like you look at something so long ago and you think, did I do that actually? Like, is that me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was that me? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. What'd you do after that? Um, so after that, that's when I, I was got into my master's. So you don't really have time to work that much because we had about 40 hours of class um, of study and, you know, placements and everything a week. So that's when I just kind of went back over to, to spin, to teaching spinning, because you could just, you know, teach a handful of classes a week and it's an hour and it's not a big commitment. So um, and then, you know, two years, two years later, you're working, right? You're working full time. So I kept teaching spin though. I taught that for about 10 years and then took a few years off and now I'm teaching a little bit again, which is fun, but yeah. So what do you think, what's the current state of health, fitness, wellness to you at this point? 
in your mind. Yeah. Uh-oh, here uh, it comes. <laughs> yeah, we, I know. We were kind of jamming on this before. Yeah. I'm we're going to jam torn. on it now. I know. I'm super torn, and I, I feel... You know, I, I mentioned earlier to you, it's like, I don't know if it's like I'm jaded or if it's just that, like, I'm turning 35 this year and I just feel differently about things. But um, I, I just feel like there's some really, really great industry leaders. And then there's some people that are just really preying on people's insecurity. And there's this whole, you know, photoshopped, Instagrammable, you know, fitness goal but if you actually look at a lot of those people's lifestyle it's not well-rounded it's not healthy it's you know it's they're feeding on their own insecurities too and it can get a bit obsessive expand on that like their own lifestyle i want to know like what what do you mean i mean i think i know but it's great for the listeners so someone listening be like what are you talking about yeah yeah well so there's a certain pressure and i'm sure you know you go through this and i definitely went through it when i was a personal trainer you know like i was doing hit but i was also spending you know two hours of weight training a day because you feel like and this was like pre-Instagram. So for those those yeah. people who are young millennials, this was like pre-Instagram. But like you feel like if I'm a personal trainer, like I need to look a certain way for people to hire me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I need to be their fitness goal, right? Maybe some mm. people aren't like that. Maybe some people are just like, oh, I just want someone who's going to motivate me. And like, you know, some people want like, you know, more of a nurturer and some people want more someone hardcore. But, you know, there's this pressure with the industry of like, if people are going to hire me, I need to be their goal. So, you know, like you're looking at your nutrition, you're looking at, um, you know, I got to fit in these workouts. I got to make sure that, you know, I'm carrying a certain percentage of body fat. I need to make sure blah, 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 like all these things. Like if you want to be hired, I think, like I said, there's some people that go around it a different way. And, you know, if you are eating as I'm sure, you know, it's the same in your opinion, you know, 80% of your fitness is what you're eating. You know, yeah, huge like, part of it. You huge. Can, you can spend all the time you want in the gym, but if you're not feeling your body right, you're not going to get the results. So I think, you know, with that wisdom gives a little bit of leniency in terms of how hard you're trained. But it's like, I don't know, it's this pressure that I definitely felt when when I was a trainer that, you know, you kind of have to get your workouts in, you have to get in all your your sculpting, you need to look a certain way, you need to I don't know. It's a lot of pressure. And, um, you know, I definitely respect people who do it. And I think, like I said, there's some really great people around it, but, um, I've worked with a lot of people over the years where it's like, they're not actually that healthy, you know, like some people are super healthy and they, they have it down and then like other people. And, you know, it's even, it's even coming out with, you know, some of my, my friends and acquaintances around my age and you know, there's a little more vulnerability going on right now. And people are saying like, yeah, a couple of years ago, like I was essentially starving myself to look a certain way mm. and, and portray this image, but I was super unhappy, you know? And, yeah. um, I, and I don't remember if I touched on this before, like I used to work in, in King West in Toronto, I had a really amazing cycling studio. And at the time I was going through like a major health struggle. I was, dealing with some malabsorption, um, you know, just some compounded stress in my life. And, and my body wasn't like, it wasn't processing nutrients, basically, like I was, you know, trying to sort out some of my health stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I'm five, nine, I was 125 pounds, like oh, I wow. was tiny, I was, I was shredded, but like, I was not healthy. 
but like people would come in class and they would say like, Oh, like what's your diet? Like, like, how do you eat? Like, what do I have to do to achieve that goal? And I was just super blunt with them because I think I, again, had been in the industry too long. And I was like, I'm actually not healthy right now. You don't oh, wow. Like, you said that you know? to them. I did. I wow. did because I was just like, this is what not like malabsorption. Oh like, my like, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're in your life. But in their eyes, that was their fitness goal. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, you're like, we don't yeah, need to dwell on this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want this. this but this is the good stuff. I think people but... want to know about that because, you know, there's a lot of very, well, there's a lot of people who look extremely fit or were like, man, I love fitness and wellness. And they don't have the balls to say what you said. They're not going to admit that, yeah. just straight up oh, say. Yeah. And I think people need to hear that. You know, we can't shy away from that stuff, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like, and when you're in it, like, and I'm sure, you know, maybe some other people will relate to this if maybe that was part of their journey. Like when you're in it or like, let's say you're in that obsessive mode and, you know, it's, and it's not to to you know put it down like I think you know most people in the industry kind of go through something like that but um it's like when you're in that mode you don't really realize and then like later so I would say for me the the you know the peak of this was around 2014 Mm -hmm. and um like you look you think you look normal and then you know six years (laughs) later when your health is in a better place you look back and you're like ooh. I did not look normal because you're just so used to like, that's just what your body looks like. And, you know, thank, thankfully I've, you know, done a lot of healing, uh, with, with my digestion and I'm no longer that tiny, but you know, it's like at the time, like that's your normal. Right. And it's, that's the thing is like in my head, I was like, you know, I could feed into their fantasy or I could be straight up with them and just say like, actually this isn't health. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, true. I've so. I've counseled many people that have had um, the same exact thing that you've discussed, kind of almost this exercise addiction or orthorexia, this this compulsion mm-hmm. to be overly what they think is healthy. And yeah. um, you know, people are just working out 20 times a week and all that jazz, you know, and yeah, and uh, extremely unhealthy. But they said the same thing to me. I feel this need to look a certain way so people will hire me. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Right. Do you think it's more of a, you think it's a, a more of a like gender based thing? Is it more male, female, Mm -hmm. or what are your thoughts on that? I don't know because I feel so I feel in my experience with some male colleagues that it's almost like a reverse body dysmorphia. Like they want to be bulked, right? Like I, I went to school with this guy and, and we used to train together and he used to wake up at 3 a.m. and eat trail mix because he's naturally a small guy. And he was like trying to bulk, like he was doing, you know, weight six times a week and all that stuff. And then he realized later through a relationship, like he ended up with a, a girl who distance ran and like he's like a phenomenal runner. He's like marathon champions, run yeah. Boston, all that stuff. And it's like, he just had to find his sport because he was trying to like gain weight and like up in the middle, like literally kept food by his bed to like eat in the yeah. middle of the night to bulk. And now he's like this super skinny dude, but he's like an incredible marathon runner, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I think, I think we all just, I think when we're trying to fight like our body's natural tendency or not our body, because we all have that natural still point, that natural health point. 
Yeah. That like when we're really trying to fight it, when we're trying to fight our natural predisposition that we run into, you know, like not good health. Right. Yeah. But it's, you know, there's, there's so many sides to it. You know, there are a lot of sides to it. So you said 2014 was the peak. What happened after that? Uh, yeah, well, I started working. So essentially for me, and you know, maybe this will resonate with someone else. I had like every classical Western medicine test in terms of digestive health. And it's like, they couldn't give me any answers. Like I would end up at the hospital with like stabbing, like felt like someone's stabbing in your stomach with a knife. Mm -hmm. And, um, so eventually for me, I actually, I went to a naturopath. And I did a blood test to look for, for food allergies with a, like a histamine, like a reaction in my blood. And so with me, what it turned out was even though I was eating clean, you know, you think, you know, you're eating the way you should be. Um, I was allergic to pretty much every animal protein. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, pretty much like it was just like chicken and turkey where it's so, you know, you eat your boiled egg, you think you're doing something good. And it's like, <laughs> well, your body's, your body's reacting to that. Right. So I just kind of had this consistent inflammation in my body. And, um, you know, since that time, thankfully, I've been able to reverse a lot of that. But, um, yeah, not everyone has that resource. Um, But it was, you know, super frustrating. Like, I ate so much, but it's like you're not not (laughs) gaining any of those nutrients because, you know, your body just can't can't process them. So, um, and then, you know, the last, four years I moved out of the city and into nature which you know I look a lot at air yeah I look a lot at Ayurveda and you know our our dispositions within Ayurveda and what we need with you know certain elements and and so that was really healing for me and I actually stopped all workouts except walking my dog and yoga for about four years yeah whoa that's a that's a pretty big change it was huge. And then only this year have I started spinning again because I just needed time for my body to just chill. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was my life for like 15 years. Right. Yeah. Wow. You're like but transforming, think, you know. Yeah. But I think <laughs> even honestly, just getting out of a city and into nature, like that's so healing. I grew up in nature and then I lived in cities for 13 years and my body just needed trees and needed fresh air. And yeah, I think that's for everybody, though. I mean, I, you know, I had a um, guest on and she works a lot of research on zip code health and Ah. it's really fascinating research. And we're finding out more and more that where you live, you know, nature versus cities and all that has a huge effect on how well you live, your stress levels and how you feel. Mm-hmm. I think we're very designed to be very close to nature. And yeah, I made that decision myself. We moved up right near the beach up here in Washington State, super green, super low stress. I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like right now, so right now I'm on uh, Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica and it's a blue zone, right? And yeah. everyone here, it's like they're so happy, they're so chill. It's like you wake up in the morning, you go for a surf, and then, you know, obviously if you live here, you have to go to work, but you go out at yeah. sunset and all the locals are surfing and at the beach with their family. And it's like, like, that's what we need. We, one, need community. Like, we're so disconnected with social media where we think we're connecting, but we're not. <laughs> like, 
we need to actually physically be near people and we need to hug and we need to have contact. Yes. And we need to have our bare feet and soil. And I listened to a really interesting podcast, I don't know, a year ago. And they were talking about, you know, even if you live in a city and you think you're grounding, like you take your shoes off at the park and you're walking in the grass. Like, what if there's a subway underneath you? What if there's like, how far down is it before it's actually earth? Right? Like, Mm. we've just kind of, you know, built these illusions of, of parks and stuff. But if you're in a major city, like, Sometimes there's a city underneath the city, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, you know, it's really fascinating when you think about it that, you know, even with your best efforts, are are you actually getting the full benefit, right? Yeah. How do we, how do we, I've asked this of a couple guests who are in, you know, health wellness business, because I think it's an interesting question is how do we change this on a large scale? You know, we're such a gigantic country, you know, 360 plus million people. And so many different ideas and cultures and things. How do we spread that word in an effective way to so many people? Yeah, that's a really good question. Oh, one, I put you on I the think, spot. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I think one thing that, you know, as an industry leader, no matter what industry you're in, that, you know, I think is super important is just like, organizing like physical events or physical retreats or you know like sure like if you're in the fitness industry you might teach your your group fitness classes do your personal training but like what about like taking people on a retreat to a place where it's nature and you know Mm -hmm. they're getting that in with it or um you know I think a, a really big thing and I think it starts a lot with the youth is and I don't know if you've noticed this it's like you see kids and they're with their friends and maybe they're at a park or maybe they're wherever you're at in the city and like they're standing there with their friends but they're all on their phones yeah you know it's like yeah, it's pretty it's common. like this pandemic of like disconnected connection and I yes. think you know one of the best things we can do for our health even if you look at these countries that like don't even necessarily eat the healthiest like Italy and all of these places like they don't go from work to their house to their locked door they go from work out to like a local bar maybe they're drinking with their friends having a meal it could be super rich food but if you look at their rate of heart disease it's super low because like yes our our heart is physical and you know we have to deal with cholesterol we have to deal with things like this but if you you look at some studies you know they speak to community like people who have community and feel that they have people to to call on and, you know, they, f- they fill up their hearts with how they live their day. Like their heart yeah. health is actually better despite the foods that they're eating that we in North America say are bad for you because right. they have, co- they have community, you know, they're not going home and eating their dinner behind a locked door watching Netflix. Like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're out and they're, you know, consciously eating with their friends and they're filling up, you know, their heart by being in community. And a lot of, I think a lot of the stresses that we have in our life and a lot of the disease um, is from a lack of community. So with you, I'm so with you there. Well, there's so much statistics now about the level of loneliness that people have. Yeah. Incredibly lonely human beings, which you look on the outside, you think, how is that possible? But I totally get it. I can see why, you know? Yeah. Well, and like I'm in, I live in a small town now and I would say like half the town probably doesn't lock their doors. Yeah, like we do because you know my husband grew up in like a gang neighborhood when he was a kid. Yeah, he's, he's like, are you he's crazy? Never lived he's like... Like this. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's never lived somewhere like this. But you know, like the majority of people don't even lock their doors. Like 
a friend pops over, they knock once and they just open your door and they walk into your house. Right. But like in the city, everything's locked, you know, in Toronto, I lived in a small building. So we actually knew our neighbors. We spent Christmas dinner with them once, you know, things like that. But like so many people, it's like you get home, you lock your window, you you close your curtains, you, you know, and it's like everything is so private and cut off. And we, you know, have this fakeness where you ask someone how they are and they say, I'm good before they even (laughs) register your question. And it's like, if you actually like, I don't know, like try this sometime. If someone says, how are you? If you actually tell them how you are like, oh, actually today, like I'm a little tired or, you know, I'm, you know, feeling this X, Y, Z, like it's not a standard response. Like they'll actually be confused. Cause they're just no, expecting I've you done to say, this I'm good and keep walking. Yeah. I've totally like, done this the before. Time gone. Yeah. I actually, when somebody asks me that, I mean what I say. Like I'm, I'm having a pretty fantastic time. Like 98% of the time. If I'm yeah. not, I'm like, I still feel good today. I feel like dog shit right now. You know, like, yeah. but most people, you're right. It's like a pre-recorded answer. Right. You know? Yeah. And half the time, the person who asked you is already three feet past you before you even respond. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, how are you? And they're gone. Like they don't even care what your answer is. You people know? won't even talk so. to you though. Sometimes like Washington <laughs> state's great. People are very, very nice. Like you walk down the street, everybody, people are waving to you. You don't know them. They're, they want to talk to yeah. you, but there's a lot of cities where like people will put their head down. When I lived in Las yeah. Vegas, nobody talked to each other. When you walk mm. past them, it was like, let me put my head down. I don't even want to make eye contact with you. That was very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, how, how's the health of the people there? Right. Right. You know, yeah, it's a big issue, I think, and how we treat each other. Like you said, you know, fill up your heart with community. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of the whole blue zones deal is that, you yeah. know, uh, I was, I think it's with Ikigaiwa or something like that. Yeah. There's a spot in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, ba- we're like people connect and they, they form these almost like groups that they took their with their friends forever literally until they die like pretty close friendships yeah i think that's such a beautiful thing but they it's simple it's more than just exercise and nutrition there's there's a huge community element to it yeah yeah exactly how does that influence your life like how do you see like where you're at now and how you want to continue to progress in your health and wellness welcome to the intermission space of Dr. D's social network. Today's topic and discussion with Kara Foley is a lot about where you are in your health and wellness journey. Are you obsessed or really focused on how your body looks, how your body feels in the skin that it's in, how others perceive it, or are you focused on a holistic version of yourself. Wherever you are in your journey, have action and intention towards something greater than yourself with your body. I hope you enjoy the rest of the conversation with Kara Foley. Yeah, so so for me, actually, what ended up happening is we opened a wellness center where we live now. So we're actually creating community, which is pretty cool. So yeah. um, that's like a big a big part of what we do. So, you know, I work X number of hours in my holistic physiotherapy practice. Um, but to be honest, a lot of the things I'm seeing in people with chronic pain is 
So I do a lot of um, acupuncture and craniosacral therapy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what a lot of what you're working with is like stagnant energy, like things that aren't expressed, you know, and it, it's super fascinating. Um, like people after, you know, a triple bypass, like you just mm-hmm. like there's like this huge stagnant energy in their chest from the trauma, but also from the dealing, like all of a sudden you're faced with your immortality, right? Like there's this huge chunk of that. And um, I think that, you know, by creating community and creating places where people can talk about that stuff or like even just creating a safe space for them to talk one-on-one about it. Yeah. Um, that's a huge part of what I'm doing now. And, and, you know, we opened, we're a small town, we're like 4,000 people and we opened a yoga studio and like, it's kind of pulling teeth to get some people in the door, but it's like once they come once and they feel that community energy of the room and like we have a men's yoga class. Cause when I lived in the city, sometimes it'd be mostly men in a class where we live now. It's like the men are like kind of, they feel a little more the macho type where like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yoga is not for me. And so like we had to give them their own class and then they come and they all know each other and they're joking around before and it's you're you know bonding over this experience of of yoga and their special time and so so that's where we're at now and then um a big piece of community that my husband and I are looking to build over this next year is um so we went through a journey with cancer so mm-hmm. and there's a huge like my husband was 29 when he was diagnosed So at that age, like there is no community, like your friends are worried about getting married and having kids and, you know, all of the quote normal things. And you're just like, I'm just hoping you're around next year, you know? So, um, so actually what we're going to be doing is, is building an online community so that you can be anywhere in the world. Um, an online community, uh, with mindfulness practices and, you know, all these, all these different facets of physical and mental health um within an online program and then we're hoping that that will expand to like in-person uh retreats or gatherings um in the future but just building building that community first because that's somewhere where you do feel really alone and it's somewhere where community is so important you know like we had resources where we were like we're in Canada so one we had medical resources right of um, course. two we have the best friends people could have in the world what hands down um the best friends the most supportive friends and and family but not everyone has that and very true not everyone not everyone has you know like a wife who's who's a physio and plugged into meditation and plugged into all these things so um we just want to kind of create a community around that and then the other pieces we've actually been down here doing a lot of a lot of networking and stuff. Every time I come, it's like I just bump into the same people. And yeah. um, we're going to actually be bringing people here to this blue zone uh, next year for a yoga meditation surf retreat. So our the work is going to evolve. Like my work, I feel very strongly about creating that community. So I do believe it's going to evolve, you know, a little more out of my office and a little more into these these community gatherings to build, you know, wellness in a group and, and, you know, get these skills and, and get this medicine that we're all just so severely lacking. Um, yeah. So that's, I think where it's going to evolve because I feel like that's where I've done the most healing in my life is, is going, going through the hard things and, and finding the paths and then coming out the other side. And, and a huge part of that is community. Mm. 
That's wonderful. I mean, it's beautiful. And I think it's also, it's part of growing up, of, of growing mm-hmm. as, as a person, as you start to figure things out a little bit more. What else do you want to tackle in your life that you like it's community and things of that nature? Where do you see the other elements that you want to tackle in your own journey? Um, hmm. That's a very broad question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You could take it anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, and I don't know if I'm interpreting this wrong, but for me, in terms of tackling, it's just like, I really just want to redefine the path. You know, I feel like we can put ourselves so easily in these boxes. Um, mm-hmm. We can put ourselves so easily in these titles. And that's, you know, something I kind of struggle with at this point in my career. And I think, you know, in the health and wellness field, in the medical field, like there's this kind of, I don't know if you resonate with this, but this kind of like 10 year mark. Where you're like, definitely in the health field, like definitely within like medicine, massage, physio, there's this 10 year mark where you're like, this is really, you know, it wears on you, it wears on your body, it wears on, you know, your emotions, because you're just, you're just listening to people's problems all day and solving problems. And, you know, it's, it can be quite exhausting. I love it. I'm super passionate about it. But there's this kind of mark and this pivotal point. And you know, for me, this redefinition is like utilizing this background, but repackaging it. But it's difficult when you work, you know, you work so hard. The U.S. is very similar to Canada and that it's, I believe you guys have mostly moved to a doctorate, but it's pretty much the same amount of school. Right. So it's like you spend seven years in university and you work your ass off to get this degree yep. and you work your ass off to get this license and keep this license and all these pieces and it's, you know, a big part of your identity and perhaps within your family unit. Like I know within my family unit, it's a big point of pride for my parents and, um, you know, to them, it's a secure job. It's, you know, all these great things, but then you hit this point where you're like, I don't know how much this is serving me anymore. And I don't know if that's because I've just gone down the rabbit hole with my yoga and spiritual journey where Mm -hmm. I'm more sensitive to that. Um, so for me, this, this thing that I really want to tackle is I want to redefine how one, how anatomy is taught within the yoga world, because for the most part, it is not taught well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something I'm super passionate about, like my biggest pet peeve and, you know, maybe one of yours, like when I, even when I did my personal training certificate, like they simplified the anatomy to where they like named an attachment wrong just to make it easier. Right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I really want to redefine, you know, at, at least within creating my own programming, you know, how this is taught, you know, personal training is different because you need to know more, you know, action, intention, things like that. It's more direct, like, especially if you're doing bodybuilding, it's more yeah. direct movement, but I really want to redefine like functionally teaching, anatomy within yoga teacher training so that people actually understand the importance of sequencing you know and and understand so you know that's a major way that I want to take my career and repackage it and then I'm still honoring all of you know the school and the years of experience and all of these things um that I'm not just like throwing that away um and then I'm again more immersed in that community 
you know, to me, it's, I just feel like that's becoming more and more prominent that I just want to be involved in building these bubbles of community and also, you know, helping people really thrive, you know, within, within this industry that I'm in now, you know, to really understand how the body works so that you can help more people that way. It's kind of like, I want to see, like go from one-on-one to like, how can I repackage to impact the most people in this lifetime? Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Like, Let's see. How can you spread, how can you spread that a little further? That's interesting. I, I like to ask that with people just because everybody thinks has, they have a different definition of how <laughs> they want to progress. Yeah. And like yours sounds like you're moving to a larger scale as many people. Whereas like I look at myself and I, my focus is primarily on one-on-one, like dealing with people one-on-one, one at a time, which is yeah. not a huge scale. You can't create a lot of scale with yeah. that, but yeah. it's also just where my heart is. I just love these one-on-one conversations. It's the reason why I have a podcast and why yeah. I don't have like a group panel or something. I like mm-hmm. talking to people one-on-one, kind of that sitting by the beach, having a conversation with one person you care about at a time type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's yeah. so different for everybody though. And But I feel, I feel where you're going though, because I, I feel a sense like I've become way more involved in like plant-based medicine um, yeah. for people, you know, uh, meditation, but not in the not in the sense that I think a lot of people think where you're like sitting down and you're meditating, but more of like looking at exercise as meditation or conversation. Mm-hmm. I get in a meditative state when I do these podcasts. It becomes mm-hmm. a real sense of oneness. And, mm-hmm. and my thoughts become very laser focused with another person. It's meditation for me, you know? So the yeah, 20 year old me would be like, that's bullshit. You know, like when I was yeah. 20. <laughs> well, and to me, it's like, where do you get into flow state? Right. Yeah, like exactly. Everyone's going to be different, you know, whether, whether you're looking at it from just like a personality point of view or whether you're looking at it from like an Ayurvedic disposition or for some people, astrology, like, oh, I moved too much because I'm at XYZ, so yeah. I can't sit and meditate. Okay, but like where in your life do you find flow state? You know, exactly. where I am right now, a lot of people here, it's like a lot of them do yoga, but most of them surf, and for them, surfing is their meditation. You exactly know, you're sitting, right. you're waiting out the ocean, and and it's like, you know, we've had people, I've had people come into the studio, and, you know, maybe they're, you know, a more traditional religion, like a Catholic or something like that, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't believe in meditation because they believe that, you know, God is found outside the self, whereas a Mm -hmm. lot of meditations are finding the power within, right? So it's like, okay, but like where in your life do you feel in the flow? And they'll say like, oh, I'm an artist or I'm a whatever. I'm like, that's your meditation, right? Like we don't, it's like, where are you in touch with yourself? And and I feel you on the one-on-one, but it's, it's interesting because it's the way that I want to define my life in the next phases of my career are to give myself more time freedom to have one-on-one time with those people I love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, and it's, and it's this being in the health and the service industry where, you know, there's this, this old paradigm where before all of these new technologies, we had to make our money one-on-one, right? Yeah. That's how we had to do it. Yeah. Um, but now it's, you know, should you choose to leverage the tools, you can create more time freedom to have more one-on-one time with your family or your loved ones. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what, what I'm looking at at this phase is, you know, where can I, where can I put in the work to create more time freedom? 
I think the key phrase is, should you choose for that? Yeah. And I think for everybody, yeah. that's a very some personal decision, are, you know? Yeah. And some people are totally happy doing one-on-one the same career their whole life. But I'm like, I'm just too fluid and I get drawn in all these ideas <laughs> and all these pieces. And it's like, yeah. you know, you get pulled and it's you either trust that pull or, or you stay where you are. Right. So, yeah. yeah. But again, this is also, you know, coming from a place of, of my experience over the last six years of having cancer drop into my life with several loved right. ones and just right. being like, I work so much. I barely have time to see these people, you yeah. know? And it's a problem for a lot like, of people. You know? Yeah. And like, wh- where's your priority or why does this keep showing up? Why does this message keep showing up? And how, how can I shift things to drop into how, to me, I'm being asked to live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a very powerful perspective. I think that's a comment. of hours and that was a big thing for me is like now I'm in a space in my life where all my work is remote so I'm at home all the time mm. go to the beach whenever I want relaxed all the time and uh but in the version of how I like to do it and so whatever that is for yourself I think you know pursue that if it's pulling you move towards it yeah you know and exactly and feel good about it and honor that feeling that you have yeah. for it you know, I don't know where I'm going to be 10 years from now. I can't say, well, I'm going to be at this level of consciousness and my feeling mm. about the business and all that. I just can continue to honor the feelings that I have. Like, yeah, I, start, I started a podcast because I felt it, that overwhelming feeling come over me to do it. And who knows? It's going really good so far. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So, you know, exactly. I, I meet somebody like you. I see your profile on a site and I go, Kara, there's something there. I'm going to mm-hmm. honor my feeling of reaching out to her and just see where that leads in the mm-hmm. conversation, you know? Yeah. And now you're broadcasting from Costa Rica. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Life's pretty good. <laughs> Life is good. And right. You can say that life is good. How beautiful yeah. is that? You know? Yeah. That's you know, incredible. it's like you, you can, com- you can complain about about a lot of things but it's like you know what in this moment life is pretty freaking good you know it's great i feel the same way <laughs> messages same from way. you know people at home stuck in this blizzard and i'm like okay i'm gonna go surfing See you oh later. my gosh that's just, amazing just, like, just hoping that someone's nice and plows my driveway before i get home you know? like, <laughs> you're like if not i'll deal with out. it then yeah somebody <laughs> Yeah. Okay, you're in Canada, Ontario, right? Come on, people, yeah. let's go. You know. Yeah. So, but so I think you going. made a. Please take care of it. But you made a great statement, and I'm hearing this more and more about meditation. Is don't feel like it's in a box of like, hey, you got to get out your phone or you got to listen to some tape, and it's somebody with really a wonderful voice, and you're sitting there and your legs crossed. That's good. That's totally good. Yeah. But that doesn't have to be you. I know a lot of yeah. people who are like, I'm very. Like, I don't want to do that. I want, I'm like, okay, well, let's just see what gets you into that low state that you feel that vibration, you know? Well, and movement's so powerful for that, right? Yes. A lot of what we do with meditation is 
one, we're checking in with our body, right? So I was mm-hmm. doing a yoga psychology training and Lauren Roche is this, um, he translated this beautiful, it's one of my favorite books. He translated the Radiant Sutras, which is a, a tantric text and he cr- translated it essentially into poetry. Okay. And he came and he spoke with us and his wife is a dancer. And when he was translating this text, he would read her the translations and she would move and feel it in her body. And, you know, what he said was so powerful because at one point he was at an ashram, he was becoming a monk. And, you know, when you're in that setting, and this is what we tend to think of with meditation is empty the mind, right? When you're in that setting, you know, and he said, and all you have to do for the day is sweep the floor, do some yoga and meditate. You can empty your mind. When you're a householder, as most of us are, You've got to-do lists, you have good days, you have bad days, you have all of these things. And what it is, is this opportunity to check in with our body and check in with our mind and say like, what's up with you today? Because how often do you take even two minutes in your day and say, hey, Darian, what's up with you today? You know, how are you feeling? How's your body feeling? How's your mind feeling? How's your breath? And I think what's so powerful about movement is whether or not we realize it, we drop into our breath. So if you're running, you know, you get a deeper breath. If you're cycling or sprinting, you get a deeper breath. If you're working out and you're, you know, practicing breathing techniques to maximize your power, you're doing breath work, right? Right. So, you know, no matter what it is, or it's, you know, you're listening to music and you're a dancer and you're lost in the music, or like you said, you're having a conversation and you're in that flow state, or, you know, you go, you go for a walk and you don't plug anything into your ears and you just listen to the wind and the birds and, you know, the, the sound of people around you, like whatever it is, wherever you're tapping in and you're taking a moment for yourself, why can't we call that meditation? Right. Cause it's just checking in with yourself. It's saying like, Hey, what's up with you today? Where are you at? Right. Oh, that's amazing. And you know, it's, there's this sense of, you know, time dilation with meditation, whatever form it takes is that you start, you know, the whole saying back, I'm sure, you know, like time flies when you're having fun, the whole thing. Like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And it's basically essentially the same thing is that time uh, becomes, uh, you get in touch with time and the existence of time in a very different way. Your relationship with time changes when you get in that state. It's a slowing down of time or like time becomes irrelevant in some sense. You're not thinking about, is it 4.30 now? You know, mm-hmm. is it like 5.20? What do I, it's like you yeah. just be, you become lost in time and space. And all of a sudden, when you're done, you're like, whoa, what happened? It's like two hours. What, what happened here? You know, like, mm-hmm. I think that's the state. Whatever that state is for you, you should, you should pursue that. It doesn't have to be yeah. a traditional means of, you don't have to go to a, a class at your facility and called meditation and do that Mm -hmm. if you want to do that that's great but you do not have to be beholden Mm -hmm. to that and say oh you're not really meditating you know like yeah no (laughs) you know it's it's an it's it's different it's different it's a a different discussion that i think more people need to have about what exactly what form can that take the form doesn't have to be what is society says it is for it exactly it's very fascinating. You know what? 
You're all right, okay, Kara? <laughs> You're all right, too. <laughs> You're okay, you know, you got some good ideas. We'll keep those ideas, you know. Well, listen, I don't want to take you away from beautiful Costa Rica. I just want to have a little bit of your time, hear oh, your thoughts. Oh, yeah, no worries. And um, I'm grateful for your time. I'm happy that you're enjoying surfing and beach time and, you know, you're in your flow state. So hopefully exactly. this, this is my some, soul's place. This, this is, is your soul's place. place. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. We're going to bring a group here next year and it's going to become some other people's place too, I think. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's Well, whenever that is, uh, let me know. I'm happy to send that out to my listeners and all that yeah. stuff. Whatever. Yeah. 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 We're just waiting to hear back. We we're just waiting to hear back from some of the places and make our decision and get our availability. But for sure, I'll pass it along. Excellent. It's pretty special here. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm. Thank you so much for your time, Kara. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower. Every or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising. you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.